Hey, welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. It's great to have something to celebrate, I think. And uh, we're going to look at a few scriptures today. Is that why we're here? Yeah? <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much, Lord. What a great time of year, God, where we can uh, close out the year, Lord, not with uh, just more work, but Lord, close out the year considering you, thanking you, acknowledging Jesus, our Saviour. Uh, Lord, no matter, we might have started the year thinking about you, we may be, we're finishing the year thinking about you, we may have got a little bit squirrely and messy and... and, and and uh, taken a few detours during the year. But Lord, we're going to finish the year thinking of you, thanking you so much for this life that we get to lead, Lord, that, for our salvation and also for our family and the blessed life we get uh, here. We've got breath. Uh, we've got time on planet Earth. We've probably learned quite a few things this year, uh, hopefully through good things and maybe through some of our mistakes that we've realised, learned some things that we, how not to do things. But God, we're going to move forward into 2018, Lord, with your blessing. Uh, with you front and centre in our lives. And so we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Today we're going to talk about when something holy is born. When something holy is born. All the uh, Christmas uh, narratives and the the artworks and the paintings are all so so cute, um, which is a great thing. Um, we didn't, you know, it's not, it, the, the, the stable paintings and the pictures and the Christmas cards, they're the, they're the nice version of the stable, they're not the, the bad version of the stable, there's certain details omitted, but who knows that in life, sometimes you don't get to uh, soft focus some of the difficult parts, you know what I mean? And sometimes we can gloss over them thinking that, that uh, anything God or anything Scripture or anything holy means it's easy. And I just want to tell you today that that's not the case. It's very rarely the case ever in Scripture, uh, in, in, in his, history, uh, in humanity, um, in, in God, and also in, in your life and in my life. And maybe what you're sensing and maybe what you're feeling is probably maybe a little bit closer to godly and holy than you've been giving it credit for. And we're going to start in Luke chapter 2. And it says this in uh, verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill, Towards men. So here we are, we find very uh, lean means. And uh, the angel comes and says, Hey, you'll find the baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Wives, if you can't find your husband, uh, as the oracle of God today, I'm telling you, he's probably uh, wrapped in dirty clothes, lying in the garage, okay? <laughs> he's probably hiding, said he was going to do the lawns, and he's having a nap. If you don't know where to find anyone, usually go to the garage, go to the man cave, go somewhere there. 
But here we see that the angels, they were saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. That God's, uh, I don't know my accent's right, penchant, penchant, his inclination is uh, peace and wholeness and goodwill towards humanity and mankind. And I want that to be our default today. That sometimes we think that we're the God police or we're the thought police here to fix everyone else up, here to get them back on the right track. Uh, Whereas here Jesus comes, but he didn't come uh, with an army. He came with angels, but he came as a baby. And already God's will was goodwill. Like his desire was, man, you're great. How good's humanity? I love them. Peace, wholeness, fullness, nothing missing, nothing broken. And the angels cried that out at Jesus' birth. And I want to share with you today that as some of the children of God, that some of us here that are part of the church, and if you're visiting, it's fantastic that you would spend your Sunday morning with us this morning. Uh, But as a church family, do we act like God has sent goodwill towards mankind? Like when you're driving along, do you think God already likes that person in front of you? Or are you thinking, ah... I'll, I'll, I'll judge in a few seconds. I'll see how they drive. When you turn up into a shop, you know, what, as the clarion call when we turn up somewhere as children of God, is before anyone does anything, good or bad to us, are we peace, goodwill towards you? Do you know it changes a shopping experience? It changes all kinds of experience. It changes an experience when you're on the phone. It changes any experience when you come in on the front foot with wholeness, peace, and goodwill. And it's something that we can have as children of God, and I think it's something that we need to draw on, not just when someone brings gold and frankincense and myrrh to our feet, but even before that, just at someone's very presence, maybe the next time your spouse walks through the door, just go, oh, holy... God is good, you know. (laughs) It'll give a different reaction. Who knows, there's some goodwill and some good vibes in that house. But do we act like God has sent goodwill towards mankind? Is your default that God not only loves everyone you meet, but that he actually likes them? Maybe you're not even sure if he actually likes you. Because sometimes when our life is hard, we think, man, God, are you trying to test me? Are you trying to, you know, make things hard? Are you actually trying to dismantle what I'm trying to create? And yet I want to remove that out of our thinking today. God loves you, but he also likes you. Like he actually made your personality. Unless you're being fake. Not the Instagram version of you, the real version of you he loves. He thinks you're funny. He laughs at your jokes more than your, your friends do. I mean, he's the ultimate dad joker. But at this time of year, if we drive around, and some people, uh, you know, they're upset that, that, that unbelievers don't want to use the word Christmas. Fair enough, it's been part of our culture, and now it's, it's, some people think, oh, it shouldn't be removed. Yeah, it shouldn't be removed, but the fact is that Christmas, the word Christmas, that word Christ is the anointed of God, the anointed one and his anointing. And mass is a word for like a celebration 
So it's the, Christ, the word Christmas is actually a celebration of God's anointing. God's anointed one and his anointing. And so I just don't think we should be really surprised that people that want to deny God don't actually want to celebrate the anointed one or the anointing. And they're trying just to remove the word. I, what, the, the bigger focus that I think is that uh, not that they shouldn't be celebrated, that they, that, that they don't want to celebrate Christ's birth and, and the anointing of God coming to mankind. But my bigger question is, why aren't we celebrating more? This is exactly, when we turn up into a shop, do they know Christ is in our heart? And I'm not talking about preaching with A-frame placards on us. But do we come in with peace, goodwill, hey, you know what I mean? Or do we come in with our crankiness and with our death and with our evil uh, conniving and with our grudges? One Timothy one fifteen says, "This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief." How, what a great message that we have! Not that we're good at all; we're quite rubbish sometimes. But that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. When we turn up somewhere with our with our family members that we don't see often, or friends, or unbelievers, or in our workplace. Again, is this the mess? Is this the good news that we preach? You've got to fix yourself up, or you've got to be as boring as I am, or is a better version of is better news? God is amazing, and He's better, and and it's not about me; it's about Him. And how good is God? And how good that Christ Jesus came to save all of us. And you can celebrate that, and you can celebrate that in Woolies. You can celebrate that uh, in, at the beach, but the celebration. The Mass in Christmas, Mass isn't just an obligation and often at midnight or whatever, it's, it's actually a celebration and we need to carry that around with us. The celebration of God's anointing. Do you know, there's, there's some things that no matter what people believe, they can do. They can, uh, you know, you have a fight with a, with a friend or with a family member or something and, and anyone, whether they know God or not, they can get on with their life. You know what I mean? They can, they can do that. They can hold a grudge. They can talk badly. There's a lot of things that are just carnal and, and, and average and, and banal. But the things that we can do, celebrating the anointing of God, we have other weapons. We have other things that we can forgive. And I know we preach about that. How fun is that? I'm talking about the celebratory part of all that God gives us. You know, it's actually fun to forgive. Have you ever done it? Like, it's actually amazing because you start all twisted and you're really wanting someone to realize how much they were wrong and how they hurt you or how they were just so immature. And, and, and then suddenly everything, you realize, look, you know what, I'm just, I'm just feeling yuck about this. And, and a day later or five years later and you're suddenly still wanting to correct someone else that's not even in your life. They're going on having a great life. They didn't even realize that they did you wrong. But then or maybe they did. Who knows? But then when you actually forgive... Whew, Say, you know, I forgive them. I actually, and I'm not trying to fix them. And, I, and I'm not actually waiting for them to finally come to me and say, you were right, Christian, and I was wrong. You know what I mean? When you just forgive that, you're just free. And you can celebrate. There's a joy in all these things, that, you know, the godliness factor of some of these things. It's not because we're so much better. It's just because we can be so much more free. Forgive. Give. When things get real, even in negotiations, you know what I mean? In any negotiation, 
a business dealing uh, between a husband and a wife, whenever those negotiations get really uh, minute, uh, you know what I mean? When you give, it just releases a lot of the pressure in that. You know what I mean? There's the things that we can do as, as children of God to celebrate God's anointing, to celebrate what he's done for us. And that emanates into goodwill from God towards mankind, wherever we walk. You know, in John three sixteen and 17, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Can we, can we take that same posture that we, we didn't come? You didn't come into your workplace, into your home, into your, your job, or your school, into the civic, you know, to condemn the place. But you came that some might be saved. Amazing how much money people can save. I want to say, what does it look like when something holy is born? What does it look like when God is going to do something great? In Luke 1.26, it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, Nazareth, and to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, this sounds all godly and holy and, like, nice. Angel comes, rejoice, highly favoured one. Highly favoured of the Lord. What actually is happening is a virgin girl makes everyone think she was lying. Her fiancé wants to bail on her. Like, he's a good guy, but he's like, really? You're pregnant, but you didn't do it? Like, eh. So this good, young, godly girl, just following God, And God's will did not seem nice. It seemed like the worst day ever. Suddenly, she's the freak show around town. No one believes her. Her husband is a good guy. It's just like, look, uh, it says that he wanted to kind of put her away uh, privily. You know what I mean? Like, as in, look, he didn't want to be a bad guy, but he's like, look, uh, this is not what I kind of signed up for. Um, she, She didn't have anywhere to have a child. So God's promise looked like a really bad day. Then she has a child, and then the king is actively trying to kill your newborn child. And it's only because of direction that you got in the dream, and that your hubby got in the dream, that you avoided people trying to kill your baby. So even like, you know, any of the women here have had children, you know, imagine angels singing at, at your child's birth, and you think, this is amazing, God. And then literally the king or whatever, the Prime Minister, is going, hang on a sec, uh, where was this child born? Because I want it dead. And the Magi, the wise men, who are like, they just turned up. They, you know, I mean, Joseph and Mary didn't tell them. They, they turned up. They saw the star. I mean, God's working. They saw the star. They come from the east. Uh, they come bringing all these gifts and stuff. And then the king said to these wise men, he's like, oh, will you come back and tell me where the, the uh, promised child was born? Because I want to then go and worship him. And then they're warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. And then, so the wise men, 
They do all this stuff. They're following stars. They're listening to dreams. And then they move away just so that the king doesn't come and kill, the, kill the, your baby. And then after that, he's so ticked that he kills everyone in the region that age and younger. And this is God's will. <laughs> There's something amazing. There's a miracle. There's a, a, a blessing. There, and a, something anointed is born. And there's utter chaos all around it. And it seems so delicate that, it even, that everything even survives. It's literally Joseph. He's thinking about doing something. He's thinking about leaving his, his fiancée. And then he's, he's told in a dream. Hey, no, no, no. This is a God. Stay there. And then they're thinking of going to one town. And then in a dream, they're t- oh, no, we should go somewhere else. And then the, 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 the wise men, the magi, they're, going, they're, they're following something of a star. And then they're warned not to go back somewhere else because the, because the child will be killed. And I want to tell you that some of you, you, some of us, we've got hard lives and you think something's wrong. But I want, I want you to know there's nothing wrong with the journey that you're taking in the sense that the presence of problems in your life doesn't mean God's not anointed, he hasn't anointed you, doesn't mean you're, you're not walking in his will, doesn't mean that his plans aren't actually coming to pass. But like when Jesus came, he didn't come, they thought he was going to establish a physical kingdom. You know what I mean? When it's literally the city is just going to come down and it's just going to be there and you're going to rule and reign like a king. And, and yet it was a spiritual kingdom and they couldn't get it. And the same, we think life should be easy. We think it should, uh, if God wants something to happen, that it'll just, it'll just happen, you know, without any, any risk or any pain or any delay. But it's very very rarely the case. So often what we think of what we're doing is actually, uh, we talk about Christ and the anointed one and the anointing. And then you probably heard that term, the Antichrist, which is uh, it's personified in, in prophecy, but it's also the, the force of just anything that's against God, against that anointed one of God, his holy child Jesus, against the anointing, against God's power, that burden-removing, yoke-destroying power that, that can work. You see, so if you've prayed for someone and they've, they've seen a change in their life and God's promise come to pass, the anointing of God does that. And so there's forces that they talk about antichrist being anti the anointing, the anti God's work happening. But I want to say let's let's be positively pointing people towards Christ, and not just anti negative. Like I said about celebrating Christ and his celebrating God's anointing, celebrating it, celebrating all these these powerful spiritual forces that we have, Christ's redemption, his he's forgiven us from sin. Imagine celebrating that more, not, not being anti-negative, don't be against God, don't do this, don't do this. no, just going, how good is he? And just being, actually turning up the volume on how good God is in your life. Not in general. Yeah, he's good. But I wish he'd move in my, I wish he'd heal my foot. <laughs> like just, just no caveats to celebrating God and his goodness. Imagine if people kept digging deeper for your grievance with God and they just couldn't find one. 
I know it's things worked out, but surely, like, God hasn't come through in an area. No, he's actually been amazing. He's actually given me things I didn't deserve. Uh, even when I did dumb things, I didn't uh, experience all the consequences I should have. Uh, his grace forgiving me of things that, and it wasn't because I lived that way, lived a good life. I, I lived a very normal, average, bad life. But God's goodness is good. Oh, yeah, but surely he... But, you know, something else bad happened. Didn't, didn't, wasn't there an accident? Or wasn't there a family member that just it went south and didn't work? Well, see, often people are trying to find dirt on God. And I just don't think we need to give him any. Because he doesn't have any. He just doesn't. Except dirt that actually grows things, that's all fertilised and nourished. But not dirt in the bad sense of the word. He just doesn't have any. And in scripture, it talks about in James, it's like, look, every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from your Father in lights, in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That's basically telling us all, look, stop trying to make God your, your excuse or your problem. Or, you know, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're upset at him, look, just don't waste your time. You're not going to find it if the reason your life is hard is because it's normal. <laughs> the reason your life is hard is because you're alive. The reason that, that you're sweating right now is because you've got breath. Your heart's still beating and you're still here. And praise God for that. Let's be positively pointing people towards Christ and not just being an anti-negative, telling everyone else they should be celebrating God more than they should, even though they don't believe in him. It's not going to help anyone. What is going to help them is us celebrating him more and more and more and more and more. Joy to the world, not joy from the world. We're not supposed to walk up to the world and then extract the joy from them because we're depressed. I don't see that anywhere. There's no Christmas cards telling us that way, that the world is our joy ATM. You know what I mean? But it does say the joy to the world, that, this, that the hope of Christ should be something inside of us that actually emanates out. Even if we're aggrieved, even if we're slighted, even if these things don't work out exactly the way they should. Do you know, I wrote it down, and it may be an actual quote, I don't know, but I've just heard different people talk about it, and I think it's a really powerful statement. Um, I didn't come up with it. But it says, the greatest cause of human suffering is the expectation that it is supposed to be different or easier. The greatest suffering is our expectation that it should be different. That's why, that's that, that sense of suffering. Some of, it, some of you are sitting right here, suffering. Oh, didn't get to the end of my Christmas list. Arnie so-and-so is not coming now. Couldn't be bothered. I cooked all this stuff, told them three, three months warning, they're not coming. Some of you are suffering right now. Oh, why am I in church? Seriously. I've still got 20 shops to get to before tomorrow. And it's just expectation stuff. It's not that anything bad has actually happened to you. Well, maybe it has. But the same. Do you, do you expect it to be easier? Do you expect just to be rich and famous and millionaires well, by the time you're 22 for doing nothing? <laughs> or by the time you're 45? <laughs> or by the time you're 80? What, what do we expect? Can we go to 2 Corinthians 4? I think I've got that on the 
screen. It says this, Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our flesh. How good's that? Again, that our life not be rock star, but it actually just point people to God's goodness. In, in trial and in joy, in, tri- in, in, bad, in straight difficulties and also in celebration. Do you think if you didn't have a problem and life was just going amazingly right now, do you think somehow, like, the, the weird little mind games we, we trap ourselves into, we think, oh, we'd be a better witness for Christ. I think we'd be a better witness for Christ if we just celebrated him more. <laughs> I mean, I, I know some of you, and, and everything going swimmingly for you is not going to impact me more about God moving in your life, but your response to whatever's happening will. If it's a challenge, and I see God in you, and I see the joy of the Lord in you still, wow. Or if it's going great, and you're still giving him glory, like the wise men here, the Magi, it says that they, th- these are the wise men, and they were the ones that actually ch- uh, charted, actually plotted where he was going to go to be there in time. Like preemptive strike on the anointing. <laughs> You know what I mean? Not where's he? Oh, he's manifested. Oh, let's go and try and find him there. And then like, no, 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 no. They knew. They, they knew he was coming. They were aware. They followed the star. You know what I mean? Uh, there's interesting studies on this, actually, um, on, on uh, what may have happened around that time. There's one study. I've got notes on it. I don't want to give you the right, right rendition of it. The Magi, one, uh, one extensive funded study into what happened around the time of, and the circumstances around Jesus' birth. One study of it said that they came through Persia and the Magi, they came down, they were escorted by 10,000 crack bowmen who had already defeated a legion of Roman infantry to protect the treasure. When they came to the city of Herod, you'll read in your Bible that the people were troubled Well, of course they were because history tells us that their army was out fighting another battle and that were away from the city and the Magi, they actually could have taken the army. They arrived at at the Saviour when he was about 22 months old. And one estimate of the, the gold, the frankincense and myrrh. Now, I don't know about you guys if you're versed in gold or frankincense or myrrh. Uh, but a family member of mine bought uh, the minutest little vial of frankincense. It was like a hundred and something bucks for literally like a few mil of that stuff. And, uh, and I don't think they would have, you know, journeyed for a long time just to, just to hand them a little vial. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So this stuff is super expensive. 
Again, I don't know how, you, how comfortable you are with gold, but one little 20-cent piece worth of gold, that size, you're sort of fetching 17-odd hundred bucks, 1,800 bucks. Like, so your chump change is probably 10 to 20 clams. You know, as in, as in the, the, the size of the coins in your pocket. And so these were, the, I mean, there was some serious wealth, some serious, uh, so much so that this, again, this, uh, not my words, I'm just saying, there was a, a study said that there was all these, uh, um, uh, what do you call them, bow and arrow guys, bowmen that were actually protecting the treasure that they were carrying. So there's a lot of great and a lot of challenge right at the same time. A lot of good things, God's anointing, and literally death outside of God's direction. I mean, it looks like utter chaos, but also amazing, amazing breakthrough. Does this start to sound like, do you, is, this how, is this how you feel with life this year? There's an opportunity and then whew, goes south. Or something, look, or man, I, I'm just in trouble, and yet God always makes a way. There's a whisper of his direction. There's, when you thought you were finally finished and actually past finished and expired and then suddenly there's a phone call or suddenly there's just enough money before the lights got switched off or who knows how many times you've just avoided that calamity by a, 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 you know, a hair's breadth you know, and, and, and you think, well, that shows that God isn't real. Are you kidding me? The, that's, exactly, that's exactly how the Lord Almighty with all the heavenly hosts acted when Jesus himself was born. He wasn't more protective then of you. This is exactly how it felt like. When the anointing, when something holy is born. And I want to tell you today, something holy was born. Yes, with Jesus and every child of God since. And you, when you were born... The same dangers, the same pressures, the same provision, the same love from your heavenly Father was here. And you know how I can tell because you're still here today. You're sitting right in front of me. There was a thousand things should have wiped you out by now, externally and internally. Crazy guys on the road, internal uh, disease or depression or all kinds of things like that. Crazy things. And there's so many versions of you being ejected from earth early, that haven't happened, that I am utterly convinced the anointing of God is working in your life. I'm utterly convinced of God's love for you today. I'm utterly convinced that we need to celebrate God's goodness even more than what we've been doing. And, I, and, not, to, uh, and not just to, God, remove all our dramas and, and never work, never have an issue, never sweat, uh, never bleed, you know, but actually that we find redemption, we find God's plan for our life through what we're walking through every step of the way, every day of our life. You know, there's a... Uh, it's about expectations. There's these marathon runners. The father's retired now. The Team Hoyt, Dick and Rick Hoyt. The son was born with cerebral palsy and one day they started uh, running and running together. And so the father would actually take his, his son who, was, uh, who literally couldn't, couldn't walk and he would start doing marathons and triathlons and all these kinds of things with his uh, son suffering cerebral palsy in like a, this contraption in front of him. And they, I mean, you can Google them, they're world famous now. This is, this is quite some years ago and they've done uh, the Boston marathons and Hawaii marathons and all this kind of stuff. And one year... 
What I think not, I mean, that is extraordinary in itself. But what I think is fascinating was that one year in uh, training for the Boston Marathon, Dick actually had some uh, issues go on in his body. They checked him out and they said that he'd had a heart attack. And the doctor had said that if he wasn't in such good shape, the heart attack would have killed him. (laughs) And it was a hereditary thing. Uh, you know, so the uh, cholesterol, th- whatever. So, you know, he was, it was just in his bloodline that Dick would have died from that, that uh, heart attack had he not been in such great shape. Now, I know everyone wants to get forensic on your life and on your problems, you know, and we like to get forensic on other people's problems, but I can tell you what a great thing that Dick took his son and they were doing all those triathlons together. Someone out there is going to whinge at, where's God? Because he had a heart attack. <laughs> See how immature that seems? When you go, actually, right through your problem is your redemption. <laughs> if I can get the band up, please. So often our prayers are, Lord, deliver me. And he is just like, through. <laughs> There'll be calmer waters, through. We always want the, the helicopter to just zoom down and just eject us out of an issue, a trial. But God's usual way is deliverance through. That your strength, and it's not his, he's not, he's not a meanie putting these bad things in your life. It's the sandpit called earth. We're going to bump into each other at times. Not intentionally, just things happen. Jesus said it, in this world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Not be of good endurance, be of good cheer. When you're facing things, you'll come out the other side. You will. God loves you. His angels are all there cheering for you. His promises are there for you. His anointing, which you can't see. It doesn't look like worldly wealth or uh, necessarily or armies and things like that. It, but God's anointing can, can, can deliver you out of situations and I know you know that because you're here today. If you think back, if we just close our eyes for a few seconds now, can you think of times when God has literally kept you alive? I can. I can. Out of my own foolishness, trying to be young and dumb and car accidents and trying to be crazy and trying to ski off a stupid mountain that someone died off. Couple of, couple of weeks earlier, trying to be adrenaline junkie, and I slipped, and I could have died that day. There's so many times and I, uh, <laughs> that God has kept you so that you're alive here today. And I think, and I, what I wanted to leave with us today is just, is to celebrate God more and more of what He's actually doing in your life. And while your eyes are still closed, I just want to read a couple of final scriptures to you. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. 1 Corinthians 15 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus. Therefore, my beloved brethren, 
be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. 2 Corinthians 9 says, Well, through the proof of this ministry, they they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men, and by their prayer for you, who long for you, because of the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Can we stand this morning as we conclude the service? And I'd love that our heart isn't that God's been remiss or negligent or, or, or even vacant, but that he's here and that he's working and that rather than just, what are you going to do next, God? Let's, Christmas time is a time to thank him and celebrate what he's already done. And through that, you watch where you're heading to next. You know, there might be people here this morning and you don't know God. We've heard about him or... Or you thought that he left you alone. But I want to tell you that he hasn't. That he sent his son Jesus, who's already died on the cross for your sin and mine, raised from the dead, seated at the right hand of the Father. And what we need to do is just call out on his name, receive him as our Lord and Saviour. The Bible talks about you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. You believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. And you confess with your mouth that God has raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. With the heart one believes, but with the mouth confession is made to salvation. You're waiting for God to wow you, but I tell you what, if you're here today and you don't know Christ, he has already done so much for you and he's just waiting for your response. And we're in a room full of believers who give glory and gratitude to God. And this Christmas, if you don't know him and you want to come home, to your Father God, know your eternal salvation. If there anyone, is there anyone like that today? Just give me a wave. All I'm going to do, I'd love to pray with you straight after this service. A simple prayer, lead you in a prayer, introducing you to my friend Jesus. <laughs> and you can leave here with your eternal salvation secured. It's the best decision you'll ever make. And, you're like, and if that's you right now and you're thinking, no, I'll do it when I get home. No, 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 you won't because you haven't. <laughs> you said this. This time last year or five years ago, you haven't done it. And you're trying to avoid this moment. I get that. Scary. But don't put it off. Don't, don't fool yourself. You'll do it another time. Do it right now. That Just while eyes are closed and we're all thinking about God, if there's anyone like that here today, just say, Christian, that's me. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord. Just so while I look around, just briefly... I'd love you to just, just pop your hand up. Just give me a wave so I can see it. Just so I'll acknowledge it and then I'll catch you straight after this service and we can pray together, which would be amazing. So while I look across a couple more times, you know that's why you're here. You came to church. You didn't go to the shopping centre. You came to church this morning to reconcile with your Lord and Saviour. One more time. All right, all right. Fantastic. What a great day. Well, I'm going to pray for you all before we conclude this service. Father God, thank you so much, Lord. Every person, every heart that's here. Lord, I thank you that their lives devoted to you. God, we are grateful for your life, your anointing, 
and your power and your love that's working through each one of these lives and their families here today. God, I thank you so much that this anointing celebration, this Christmas time, Lord, we do whatever we can in our power to celebrate you. If that's crank up the the carols in the car, if that's be a blessing to the family and the shop owners and things that we meet, Lord, we just want to celebrate you more and more. And God, we are grateful for Jesus. We thank you that we are, we can be, we can be your sons and daughters. And Lord, we thank you for your work and your anointing in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.